all right writers how you all doing hope you've had a good week so our next guest is carrying out bank jobs with a difference so without further ado let's welcome them on so welcome to this week's guest can you start by telling us about yourself yeah, sure. Um, my name is Sean Rodrigo. I'm an artist uh, based in Walthamstow. Um, I'm originally from Australia, from Melbourne, um, but moved over to UK and 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 moved to Walthamstow about uh, about two years ago. Um, and since the uh, sort of embracing the the local uh, uh, people and the the idea that the that this is a quite a artistic and creative town, um, I found avenues to be able to create. Um, some projects of my own, including a, a project I've recently been running in the last couple of months called Mini Food Banks of E17 or, or Walthamstow, um, which are plywood boxes uh, that have um, 3D printed decorations on them. And they encourage people on the street to donate food uh, to the boxes into these, the, the, basically a wooden cabinet um, with the intention of the food going to a local food bank. So how did this come about? Like... Yeah, so I mean, it's an interesting one because it's actually there's there's actually a history of of many um, free libraries in Walthamstow, which you may have seen on the side of the road, um, in a number of different parts of Walthamstow, and I actually had a neighbour who has had a um, a mini free, a free library, um, and they had renovated it, and because the last one had sort of fallen over in the in the weather and the rain, um, and I actually took it upon myself to sort of help them um and renovated into a victorian style house painted with painted bricks and a, and a 3d printed chimney and from there i kind of got excited more and more excited about the idea of doing something as a sort of a miniature um exhibition as of, of sort of uh, little tiny houses but uh then after speaking to um an amazing woman called Sarah Mia who runs a food charity called plates for you i'll suffer or plate for you i'll suffer in wood street uh, she actually quite loved the idea of doing a version uh, for 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 the food banks, and I, I sort of pitched it to her and said, "Listen, I don't want to do this unless it's not something that's going to be useful." Um, but she was very excited, and with the support of an amazing um, grassroots campaign of being able to, you know, get people donating online, we were able to build, uh, you know, uh, enough of a following and enough um, funding to be able to make seven food banks. So I've got six out there at the moment, and one is on the way, and that's sort of. Uh, completing the the sort of promise that I made everyone that there will be food banks out there um, and the hope is to do more and more. And I mean that is absolutely incredible because I guess the difficulty is with food banks is that a lot of them tend to operate within set hours, you perhaps need a voucher in advance, people can um, maybe physically get there when they need the food, Um, you know, and even things like soup kitchens can tend to operate on set days or set times but I love the idea that you can just be walking up the road and you can stop and open up the door to one of your beautiful pieces of artwork and and see if there's anything there that you could use. Yeah so so it's actually um, interestingly it is it is a two-way street Um, the the main intention for the boxes are a donation vehicle so they're mostly focused on the idea of collecting food from people who would otherwise not normally be able to or have the time to donate food to the charities. Now that's the that's the intention, the first sort of step. But they're definitely a it's definitely an honesty system going on with these boxes, where 
if you are in need of food, you can take food out if you want. Um, and the intention is that there will be people out there who will be uh, wanting to stay anonymous, people who are in between paychecks. Maybe they're a bit proud and they don't want to go to a food bank, which is totally understandable. Um, and this is an opportunity for people to as well to supplement, um, you know, the current situation where there are a lot of people out of work, a lot of people who would otherwise not have any problem now currently having problems. And food poverty isn't something that is just um, it is just for homeless people or people in, in, in dire needs. This is also a group of people now that are finding that the stability and the safety that they had in a full time job isn't always there. And, um, you know, me being a freelancer, I understand that if it wasn't for a few good projects before the the pandemic i would probably have been in, the sim, in a similar position um so i've used this opportunity to sort of find a way of encouraging people to see something on the street engage with it and then donate or if they really need to take out food um, but the vast majority of donations have not gone haven't gone missing we've had an amazing response to the community we've had absolutely no damage whatsoever to the boxes no graffiti um, and I have to say, if there's any uh, sort of out of all the food that's been donated, we've, we've generated about 3000 items of food in five months from just the public. Um, I think only about five or so percent of the food that's been put in has been taken out by people who need it. So it's not the majority, but it's definitely there if people need it. And it's also a really good way of passively creating opportunities for people to give food and then also for the charities themselves to get to, to get the food. So literally week on week, my, myself and my fiance and a couple of volunteers, um, including the people who host the boxes, empty the boxes and take them to the food banks. And they're absolutely um, through the roof that they're getting all these extra donations. Right. I'm with you now. So basically, if you're in need and you're passing the food box, you know, you can take something if you're in need and sort of say anonymous. But the idea is to really get people in the local community to donate and then that food just gets redistributed by the charities. Exactly. Yes. So the, the main reason for that is that the food banks operate more than just a, a food um, sort of provide. They don't just provide food. They provide a lot more than just food. So there are a lot of the families and the people that are referred to them are people who are ne in need. Um, and the food banks do an amazing job in helping with uh, with everything from finding um, solutions for them in, in place, things like know housing and, and protecting people from abusive relationships but they also provide food and uh, but also um, clothes they provide haircuts in some cases they provide referrals for jobs uh, so the the whilst there are there's there's been a, a tiny tiny bit of criticism that says this project is a bit sad that the that the food banks have to exist or the mini food banks need to exist but the reality of the world is that it, they do, it does exist and it is a unfortunately growing problem that that people um, are working and they're still unable to support themselves in in the world that we live in and because of that there are some amazing people out there on the front line who are doing more than just helping providing uh you know food for that week uh, so Syrah and then another who runs plates for you i'll suffer is an absolute saint she runs this that that, that charity with her family and um they they put every waking hour into and minute into running three days a week in keeping the, the the place open and all the food that they get is being donated by local people and and people come in and they've really you, you'd be surprised how humble all the people are that come in um i've run a, been there a couple of times um and, and and handed out food in a couple of sessions and the people are incredibly thankful they um they don't ask for more than they're allowed sometimes they don't even take what they are allowed because they don't want to take away from somebody else um and 
it's seen as a as a real lifeline for some of the the people that live in that area. Um, Cyrus knows almost everyone that walks down that street, um, and it's a really nice thing to to see that there's people out there who who just genuinely want to help people and um, don't want anything in return. All she wants to do is is help herself by helping other people. Basically, make it, she feels like she's got a mission to help people, and and I I can't think of anything else I'd you know I'd rather do than try and help her. And if you give me the details for their website, I'll include it in the show notes as well, so other people course, can so find out about them. That's so what I, w- I was trying to get at there was, was this idea that the the food banks are the ideal place for people to go to if they really do need food. Now, obviously, there's social housing and there's there's council pro- pro- projects, um, but the food banks, the mini food banks, are something that is there as a as a short term option for people who are maybe pay- between paychecks. Or, or walking down the street and, and realise that's a solution. Obviously, the food banks aren't open. The real food banks aren't open every day. They're open every second day. Um, there are a couple of different food banks who operate different days. Um, so the mini food banks themselves are a, a little bit of a of a of a sort of um, halfway solution. And then, of course, all the food goes to the food banks within you know a couple of days of us picking it up. It's mo- it's mostly, if not all, non-perishable food. So the food is cans, uh, you know, um, baby formula, rice, soup, all these different things. And one can, it makes a big difference to someone who really needs it. So, you know, every time we, we turn up and um, we, do, we deliver food, um, we can we can see that it's going directly to the people who need it most. Um, and there's very there's nothing really glamorous or kind of, um, you know, uh, there's no real sort of advantage to standing in line for food, for food banks if you didn't need it. So these people who do, they, they spend a lot of time waiting for the food. They go in, they get the food, they leave. They're very happy and very thankful. Um, and you can tell that these are the people who who need it versus, you know, if there's any ever, ever were any worries about people abusing the system, I, I, I really don't think, because uh, there's easier ways of getting of getting food, you know, than, than having to wait in line for, for, for hours to get it. So they're really lovely people. And it's just, just in a situation where, you know, their circumstances aren't haven't allowed them to be able to to afford to to have the food that they need, which is sad. Um, but it's really good to know that people exist, like the food banks. And so, I guess I have to ask, what's your current relationship with food? Well, I mean, my I I've always um been into food, and I I think I've always been a um really big lover of. Of, of you know of really good quality food and and that's where also like with these with these food banks it's one of the things that kind of stepped jumped out at me quite uh, quite clearly was that they're not just providing you know food that's past its you know they're not providing food that's past its food uh, it's used by date they're not giving um out seconds these this is quality food that's being uh, donated to people and i feel like you know it's the sort of thing that i would happily take um, occasionally they have food that's about to get thrown out because it's 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 going to go off or whatever and i'll take i'll, I'll take some of it if, if they're not gonna you know they're not going to use it or give it away to someone else um so having quality options for people is really good and i think um, you know, there's some amazing, you know, places to eat around here. Um, and I think that just sort of feeds into the food banks being a place that, you know, you don't, you know, it's, you still have some, uh, I don't know, dignity in going to one of these food banks because they treat you like you are going to a supermarket, going to a Tesco's. It doesn't feel that much different, which is great because ultimately there is a lot of stigma around food banks. And um, I know personally that I would feel um, quite ashamed of having to ask for free food. Um, and I, and you can see that sometimes when people come in. So, you know, the teams that run these food banks are really amazing. They try everything they can to make the process positive. 
They um they even have you know someone in a bear costume sometimes. They give toys out to kids. They try and make it a bit fun. Um, I know the you know um Farouk who um is is Syra's husband. He's always joking and jumping around. And so so you know there are members of the of the team that are there just to make sure everyone's okay. They say to them, um, you know how are you doing uh how's your leg uh how's your dog you know um if someone comes in and they're not looking pretty good they say to them you know what's going on so you know the the food food is a big part of a lot of people's lives and i feel like um if you're able to give people the basic needs which is things like food um to start with um it can help with a whole host of other problems um you know that the, the food is set for so central to culture and to life and 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 also well-being that if you can't give anyone anything else at least they're able to you know go through another day and and, and find ways of being able to turn things around um you know so that, that's a, a yeah i i i think these the food banks themselves not the mini food banks are uh are the people sort of people who i feel um are really there for everyone is a really amazing safety net i think I couldn't agree more. And what really comes across as you're speaking is the importance of community and the support of one another as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the community, you know, this is this is one of those things where it's interesting that nowadays it's very obvious to a lot of, you know, to a lot of us that that, you know, the pandemic hit and, you know, you where when everything else disappears, um, work disappears, you'd want your community behind you. You want to know that there are people out there who are there for you if you really need it and and the thing with the food banks is that they operate you know more than just the services that they're kind of tasked with they you know they're there to make sure that people don't fall through the cracks they're there to make sure that people are getting the services they need if they have if there are people who are referred to them um who are being abused by other people they are they're there to make sure that those people um have that safety net which is really important um i know that there's a referral network within the community for with all the different sort of community hubs the salvation army and the food banks they all work together to do an amazing job um and provide people you know especially like women in who have abusive um partners um there's a there's a an amazing group of people out there who who do everything they can to make sure that those people are can get away from the, the abusive partner and get access to, to the material, the food and clothes and all that sort of stuff, because it's, you know, it's such a difficult thing. You really need to have community behind you. So I feel like this is one of those things where the modern world doesn't um, makes you feel like you don't need a community. It's the sort of thing that the pandemic sort of uh, really kind of nailed home is that when everything else is kind of gone, you, you kind of need to be able to, to communicate with your neighbors. You need to be able to, to see people as, um, you know, as, as not just sort of the people walking down the street. You need to be able to to, to have something that makes you feel, feel good about just being where you are. And I think that's what's really amazing about Walthamstow. And we all share these basic needs of um, food and nourishment and safety and security and shelter, um, you know, and sort of and self-esteem. I mean, it's what connects us all. Definitely. I mean, this is one of those things where, like, you know, the 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 motivations of the people who who run these organisations are there because they believe it's their calling to to give people something that's a very basic need. And I think when you give people an opportunity to to be helped and you don't expect anything in return, they start to think differently about the world. And I think that's a really good example of how the food banks have kind of helped both me and and other people about seeing that. If you're able to take what you have as a skill um, and and do something positive with it, it can help other people. 
um, it, it's really helped me kind of see a, a path for myself where I want to make, you know, socially um, aware projects that help other people with the the projects and the, the technology that I have access to. And that was one of the main motivations behind the project was to use the technology and the skills that I have, which are normally applied for big universities and, you know, I've used in my my projects for big brands or, or whoever, um, and take that to make it a hyper-local project um, and then make that something that's long-lasting. So these food banks will last, you know, years uh, on the side of the street and they will generate food passively for the food banks that they benefit. Um, and that's one of those those things that makes me feel really great. And it, hopefully it makes other people feel great because it means that you see something on the street that's nice, you realise that you can teach your children about um, about charity and about the importance of helping other people regardless of how it helps you um, and then obviously when the food gets to the food bank you know it tells people uh, that the public does care you know we do care about people we do want to help people who are less fortunate or in, in worse circumstances than ourselves um, and that's a really nice thing to, to know that you know if you were if I was getting food from the food bank and I knew that everyone in the community banded together to help me I think I would feel great about that and they give you a bit of self-esteem instead of thinking the world's a terrible place and everyone's out to get you you know what i mean um and I, I really do think that the pandemic kind of helps highlight the fact that people do want to help it's just the modern world that sometimes gets in the way you know what i mean absolutely and it really builds hope as well doesn't it for um somebody's future um like you said for the world as well especially i think with the pandemic going on and you know we're all suddenly in our houses more if we've got houses and you're tuned into the news and and you're on social media and it can feel so depressing and disheartening whereas your food boxes you know they're bright they're colorful they're pretty they pique people's interest you know and it instills hope I mean, it, yeah, this is this is one of the things that I the reasons for why I did the project in the first place. And one of the interesting things about what about the project is more than just it being a nice looking decorated miniature building. So just to, in case I haven't mentioned this, the bank, the food banks do um, do reference the local architecture and history of the town. So we have a box that's that's based on the Nags Head pub. We have one that's based on Elman's Pie and Nash shop. We have one that's based on the um, Wood Street Market, outdoor indoor market, sorry, um, and they're all so they're all in the style of of the local, um, you know, buildings, which I think is really important as well, is to sort of celebrate that um, uniqueness that East London has. Um, but it's it's taught me a lot about the fact that if you make things easy for people, if you let them, tr you know, prove you right, a lot of the time you, you can, you know, you can get a really good result. And, and this is the thing with the pandemic is that, you know, there's so many things out of our control uh, nowadays that it can become really, really easy to to feel bogged down and feel like the world is is unfixable. But the reality is that there are there are other people in the world that need help and you can do very small things to help those people. So with this project, the intention was always to think about a local problem or at least a grassroots problem. And hopefully, you know, in the scheme of things, it makes a difference you know, outside of just the local people. So if it, you know, if there are other people that do these banks or if I do them for other communities, then I, I would love to do that. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you've got to think about how can you, what can you fix? What can you just, you know, work on? What is the thing that you can do versus, you know, how can we fix everything? How can we fix global warming or, or global hunger? Um, so for me, I just focused on how do I contribute to food to stop hunger in my local area? And I think, Hopefully, the communalness that um, the communal 
nature of the sort of pandemic of meeting people that you would otherwise never engage with has sort of given people a little bit of insight that the world doesn't need to be quite such an individual thing. And we also don't have to worry so much about these huge problems because realistically we can only control the things that we have influence over. Um, and that's one of the things I want to do more and more of. And I'm curious, so you're relatively new to East London, so you're an East London newbie. I'm mindful that you're from Australia. I mean, how was your current relationship with food different from your past? Um, so so coming from coming from Australia, um, it's an interesting one because Australia is a different it's 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 a different world in in some ways. I think the he- history and the heritage of food, in Australia isn't as deep as it is here. So, you know, the bread that you get here is just miles ahead of the, the, the sort of bread, the quality of of old style bread. So we're not talking about Wonder White or, you know, Aldi or, you know, freshly baked bread like that. We're talking about, you know, um, sourdough bread or bread that you can get that, that looks old and crusty, you know, that sort of amazing bread. You just don't get it in Australia. But in saying that, you also have this... Um, this, this real disparity between the quality of food that you get in Australia versus the quality of food here. I, I definitely see the, the 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 standards of food here being so much lower than in Australia. Um, Australia is very lucky to have an enormous access to fresh fruit and vegetables and 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 um, resources like that. And we take it for granted a lot. Every time you go to a restaurant in Australia, there, there's a really good chance the food's going to be pretty very good and very fresh. Um, but here, it's the, because it's so expensive to run a business, there's always a real struggle for, for people to sell really good quality, um, you know, fresh ingredients. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things that I struggled with when I first moved to this country is just realizing that you can't walk into any shop and then hope that food will be great. You really have to know where is going to provide really amazing food. And you can find it. But this is one of the things with food poverty is that you know, the less money you have, the less options you have. Um, you can't always have the most um, organic or, you know, untainted food. You, you end up with heavily uh, processed food. And that's a, a real problem because really processed food is not great for you, um, which may, leads to diabetes and it leads to um, you know, behavioral problems. I mean, you see those, uh, the stories of, um, of, you know, the lunches that were provided to children and people like Mark, um, Marcus Rashford, um, you know, uh, lobbying for these poor children that, you know, w- would have been given, you know, better food options. And and then through profit, um, it was really, you know, the diminished and they ended up with much, much less quality food than they would have. Um, this That's one of those things that, that that's just a really obvious place where if you don't have the money, uh, you don't get the quality that you would otherwise get if you in this country and and that's a really sad thing i mean given that the the one thing that is different to australia is that we don't we in australia we don't do school lunches unless you go to a boarding school um so there are some benefits to having food provided to you in school especially if your family can't afford to feed you for every single day um and you saw that in the pandemic where there were a lot of kids who weren't going to school who were also missing out on a lot of the free meals that they would otherwise be getting so I understand why, you know, there is a lot of food poverty in this country. And it's also a bit of a, a shame that there is such um, disparity between food that's that's good quality and food that's that's cheap, which normally is highly processed. Um, and, and it's just one of those things where, yeah, the, 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 the cost of living in this country, especially London, is so high um, that it leads very easily to people not having great diets, people not being able to choose between 
very fresh or or very good dietary options um yeah and how does food poverty compare um between here and australia well in australia, in australia we definitely have food banks and we have food poverty i think the disparity between rich and poor in australia to my understanding is not quite as extreme as it is here we do have a lot less people and a lot more space so there is a lot more places for you people to grow food um so access to food can be slightly different in australia than it is here um obviously we don't import everything um much like we do import obviously a lot of things here because we there isn't quite as much land to, to grow everything that you can um but say in saying that um i think that uh it's just i think australia is a is a little bit more of it because it's such a young country it's a little less sophisticated as far as a lot of things and i think one of those things unfortunately is that because the uk is such a um large incredibly you know well populated country with not a lot of space and an enormous wealth gap uh, you end up with more complex problems here and that's where you get these situations where you know um you know you've got things like um you know the class divide in this country is huge compared to what we have in australia um and that's one of the benefits of of australia is that the class system isn't quite as heavily entrenched so you don't have as many people in in um kind of heavily regimented parts of society you know what i mean um so it's an interesting one because when you move to a country like this you realize that there's this whole world that doesn't exist that you've never kind of come in contact with um but it's it's there's a lot of opportunity here as well so by no means am i trying to say the world is set in stone when you are born into a, a specific world in this country but of course there is also always way reasons for why people things are the way they are um and there are definitely more opportunities here as a whole than there would be in a place like australia or new zealand where there's just not a lot of um economic opportunities for people to do things outside of a certain sort of range of of jobs or uh, because their population is so small because it's a country that, ha that hasn't got a history of um things like the well we do have uh, social health health care but we don't have an nhs equivalent um so things different probably less complicated but also um you know probably not as uh severe in both the peaks and the troughs of life if that makes sense Makes perfect sense. I'm wondering, do you think there would be a need for your food bank boxes over there? I mean, I'm sure there would be definitely people who would be keen to run food bank program, mini food bank projects in in Australia. Um, I I haven't been approached by anyone in Australia yet, but I do use I did used to live in a in an area that was quite similar to Walthamstow in the way it was quite a kind of a metropolitan um, artsy sort of place. I'm sure I could see that working in that area um but yeah i mean places where there are there is a lot of food poverty would be i'd be more than happy to help you know i mean america would be a really obvious place um america has it you know if i can say this i think probably worse than we have it here in some ways um because again you know bigger population more complicated issues um but you know i i'm keen to do it in other parts of london um i'm keen to do it in parts of the uk where where there are people who need help and if there's any way that i can contribute a little bit to the solution by providing you know the cans of food that we do get in these boxes um i'm happy to do that for sure i mean it's really giving of your time and your energy of and your skills you know it's um incredible what you're doing thank you i mean it's by no means do i i mean when i do this stuff i i definitely think 
that it's it's a drop in the ocean when it comes to the actual work done by the people who run these food banks. They give up an enormous amount of their time uh, for little benefits in their, for themselves. Um, a lot of them are running them on grassroots, you know, campaigns with very small budgets, uh, relying on local donations and and big events like Christmas to support the food banks. Um, but uh, you know, the work that I do is stuff that I find exciting. It's the sort of thing that I have doesn't really cost me much, especially when I get some amazing people behind me to help supply uh, materials and supply the funding to buy you know equipment and things like that to get the projects made. Um, and at the end of the day, it, it, it's the sort of thing that makes me excited, makes me um, you know feel optimistic about the work I'm doing. Um, and it's actually something that I think. Uh, makes me happiest versus the work that I have done in the past sometimes is when you're doing work for people who deserve it, it makes a world of difference. It really does. Uh, I've done lots of work for commercial clients where, who, where the bottom dollar is the real only benefit is, is people are paying and they make money and you make money, but ultimately money can only go so far. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that you can do um, with just creativity. And I think this project is just a really good opportunity for me to use those skills for, you know, for good instead of evil. <laughs> really? I mean, I'm probably, I've probably got a, you know, a, a scale somewhere where I've done enough work for McDonald's and, and, you know, um, evil corporations that I probably have to balance it the other way. I, it wasn't the initial inspiration for the project, but, you know, there have been way too many projects where I've thought this is not the best use of my time or creativity. Um, but you do it because you've got to pay your bills. Um, but then, you know, there are people who will des who deserve it and are much more thankful for it after, you, you know, and that's where these food banks have come from. It feels a little insulting to ask what you do well in terms of food waste. Uh, what do I do well with food waste? Mm, I mean, you know, you have a whole project sort of reducing food waste. So, um, I mean, yeah. Pers personally, I, you know, I, I don't have a a major food waste program in in place. I mean, in place we have a we have a um a, a compost bin. Um, but I mean, food waste wise, I think one of the interesting things about the project as well, and when it comes to food waste, is that a lot of the food that we do get from people has been donated because it would otherwise probably have just sat in their pantries, and that's a really important thing because people have hundreds of pounds worth of food sitting in their house at any given moment. A lot of families buy lots of different foods. Sometimes you buy food for people who come over or you buy food for a period where you think you're going to eat it and then you don't. And sometimes you end up, you know, digging through the back of it and realizing, oh no, we've got a tin of cans that's five years old or, or at least, you know, a couple of months out of date. So we've had a couple of people who have dug through their pantries and gone, I don't even like, you know, salmon. Why have I got all this salmon? And then they'll donate that to the food bank. And that's great because someone will like salmon and someone will, will eat it at the food bank. Um, and if it's not out of date, um, you know, people will take it straight away. We do give people the option to have, you know, to take food that is out of date, but it's at their own discretion. Um, but the vast majority of the food that we do get is in date and otherwise probably wouldn't just wouldn't get eaten at all. So instead of it going to landfill, um, going into someone's stomach is a, is a very important you know, an important task. Absolutely. Is there anything that you want to do more when it comes to food waste, reducing food waste? I mean, you're pretty busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't even told you about the hundreds of other projects I'm working on. No, I'm <laughs> um, I mean, food, 
as far as food waste is concerned, I haven't I haven't necessarily thought of anything specific for that. But there's lots of other places that we could look at doing projects where we're helping people get access to better quality food or at least creating food for themselves. Um, I know there are a lot of allotments out there and there's a project that I'm trying to work on with the council and with a couple of the people through um, a new venture that I'm I'm calling the Fixatorium. This is a, a space that I want to try and create specifically for creative uses of technology for social good. Um, and one of those projects revolves around the idea of reclaiming disused phone booths. Um, so the, you know the, the sort of silver phone phone booths. They're not the brand, the beautiful red ones that you that you get in central London. These are the silver phone booths that you've probably seen that a lot of people use as urinals instead of phone booths. Uh, I don't know if anyone's actually made a call on them for probably the last five years. Um, and what I want to do is I want to take them um, from B BT. Uh, there is a program where you can buy uh, a phone booth um, because they want to basically want to get rid of them and turn them into a greenhouse. So they're already a metal box with a glass window. Um, I don't want to put water um, tanks in them and solar powered pumps. Um, and grow fruit and vegetables and flowers and, and all sorts of stuff. So if it isn't fruit and vegetables, it might be things like herbs. Um, it might be coriander and um, basil and things like that. Um, so, you know, having locally sourced options for people to grow um, food is probably a really fun um, experiment. And hopefully that food will go to, to, to the food banks as well. What a fantastic, fantastic idea. I absolutely love that. And I promise if this goes ahead, I will stop peeing in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you've got too much information there. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, um, and I mean, it would be wonderful to sort of see more of these projects like the um, telephone boxes and the food bank boxes in other areas because you touched upon this earlier when you spoke about people's access to food and it just got me thinking about um, food deserts. And I guess yeah. it's, you know, it's a project like this is amazing if you're in Walthamstow, but then it sort of makes you think about, well, what about other parts of London or England? And I guess um, food access can be such a huge problem as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you're never going to stop be able to stop children or teenagers from from wanting to go to all the chicken shops that exist in Walthamstow. Those places are, you know, they're still really beloved by people, and I'm not by no means am I trying to diss the chicken shops, but there is a definitely an overrepresentation, especially in Walthamstow, of of really, you know, bad processed food. Um, I mean, there definitely needs to be some sort of option for people to be able to to get access to something. Um, you know, fresh and positive. And there are some amazing people out, do it, out there doing great things, um, such as the Gleaners um, who work in um, – the Gleaners is, a, is an initiative run out of the, um, the Hornbean Cafe um, on Ho Street, and they provide food to people for whatever they can contribute it to. Um, so, you know, I, th I feel like if the, if the basic um, sort of position to provide people who need it is to provide them with good quality fresh food, then you're giving people the best chance to start with versus giving them something that's highly processed, that's full of sugar and and just not going to help their situation. No one can, if you're depressed because you don't have money, you definitely are not going to be better off eating, you know, horrible, really cheap food from one of those sort of chicken or, you know, fish and chip shops. It's it's not the best food for, bright, for, for thought and for mood. So having access to good quality food, um, is the best way. And if there's any way that I can do to help that process, um, you know, obviously these ideas are all kind of 
in their pilot, but it's me trying to work out ways of being able to contribute some sort of, I don't know, think tank to the process of how do we convert disused space into something that's positive um, and benefits people in the end. Um, so that's that's kind of my future focus. And it's a really valid and important one because there is so much disused space across London as well. It's um, sort of local to me. There's alleyways that have been boarded up and really they are just sort of grass space going to waste. Nobody can access them. Um, it's absolutely uh, pointless and, you know, and it's really upsetting. And I think also... The thing is, you know, people, like you said, they need access, they need um, options and they need equal opportunities. And I think there is almost something like with the class system, the way it is, I think, unfortunately, we can almost have this attitude about this sort of deserved or undeserved poor or almost yes. this assumption that um, because somebody is struggling financially that they don't want good quality food. Yeah, I mean that's one of those things that, you, that does come up a lot in the political discussion. It get, it get you it gets used like a, a football uh, to basically treat these people like they they can de they deserve anything that they get, and I think that's that's it's a really dangerous one because if I was in that position, I wouldn't want people treating me like I can you know like rubbish. I think it's about dignity. I think it's about the fact that from a very basic need, people need to be provided with with something that's that's untainted that's quality um you know and it's not it's not that hard you know like you know the reality of the cost of food is is something that gets brought up a lot and people will say you know it's cheaper to eat at mcdonald's than it is to eat fresh food and to an extent they're, they're right but it doesn't have to be that way and i think the thing with market marcus rashford is that you know all he was arguing was not these kids need to be provided with caviar and truffles he was saying you know this is not this is not right you're you're basically putting profit before you know the the needs of the of the young people of this generation and in that case it was about not it wasn't necessarily about food poverty it was just about the young people who were getting food and i think that that's that's a really it's a really sad thing because you'll notice that one of the first things that changes when people get quality food is their attitude and their 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 their, their mood and their you know the ability to be able to make changes in their life starts very easily from food and you'll see that a lot in places where they they do give people the option to have um fresh food or good food versus the cheapest most processed food that obviously comes in a truck um you know provided to to these schools so you know is it a class problem yes probably but also it's a it, i think it's a human dignity i'd like to think that uh, you know a human dignity issue i feel like the i would like to think that even in the worst situation you're still not going to be provided with you know with this sort of gruel and i think more people need to think about them the situation of what would i want if i was in their position and and that's that's exactly where it comes from i think if you treat the not the lowest um you know uh position in the world with dignity then everyone else benefits from that absolutely and i think the thing is i mean most of us are just one paycheck away from being in need as well you know and I think like you said earlier the pandemic has really shown that how quickly things can change overnight and you know a huge amount of people that have lost jobs and homes and you know and really struggling in sort of a blink of an eye. I mean definitely I mean there's there's a whole cross-section of people who would otherwise never have any issue with this and now are, are facing problems i mean there's a there's a there's a real fear out there that there are whole cross sections of communities such as 
women um, who are coming back from uh, from uh, from maternity leave or coming back from having a baby and then realizing that the jobs out there are, are not as friendly to women as they would have been beforehand because people are concerned about um, about the security of the people that work there, um, which is which is quite horrible. Um, but the you know those sort of jobs necessarily wouldn't have had as much pressure on them if it wasn't for the fact that there are there is so much uncertainty in the world. So there are a lot of employers who are preferring certain groups of people over others because they feel like it's a safer bet. Um, that's that's really scary. I mean, there's there's obviously a ton of people who still haven't been able to get back into work because uh, of restrictions. And you know, it's good that they're still alive and and the restrictions were there for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really difficult situation because no one would have guessed that this had ha- would have happened, and because of that, um, people got caught off guard. And the the reality of um, of of the situation is that there's very little that can change until this this whole process kind of disappears. So when people um, are trying to build their lives back up, uh, sometimes some of those people might need some help. Um, and I think that it's we're, we're very lucky to be in a country where they do have access to people like the food banks that we we benefit so to finish on a nice easy question (laughs) what changes would you want to see in a world when it comes to food oh i mean changes when it comes to the food food i think i think that it would be really great for kids particularly to understand that food isn't something that just comes in a frozen packet or or is 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 delivered to you um via iceland you know with, on the on your doorstep i think that's one of the things that i can't say necessarily that i had a really good relationship with but i know that there are kids particularly in the uk um who don't know where food their food comes from i think as soon as you understand that you know food can be better than what you're probably being given um as default you probably realise that, that that there is a, a benefit to being able to try and find better ways of getting access to that food. Um, I'll give you a good example. We, we went to a farm in Enfield, which does fresh fr- fr- fruit and vegetables, and you go and pick it. Now, it's obviously a novelty. It's not something that you can do all the time because it's out of the way and it's not as, as cheap as buying them. Um, but we we had these strawberries and we we ate in, ate them off the vine basically, and they were the best thing I've ever eaten, like the best fruit and vegetables I've ever eaten. And to see the difference between what a fresh strawberry tastes like versus the fruit the strawberry you get in ASDA or or Sainsbury's or something like that is just a world of of difference. And it's not just about taste; it's about how processed it is, how long it's been sitting there. So I, I feel like if we if if there was a way for the world to have a better relationship with food because we know that we probably all deserve better quality food, um, then I think we would start to demand it. And I think people would be willing to pay for it. Um, obviously, there is a lot of complexity when it comes to getting food to people. But if there was ways for us to be able to make things locally that we could, you know, there's no reason for why we can't um, find ways of, or you know, vacant land and create allotments for food. Um, there's no reason for why there's a lot of things that happen. But um, I think the relationship that people would ha- would have with food definitely lets them um they give permission to people to give them options that aren't ideal for them because they're not aware of the difference that happens um when you're getting food that is highly processed or horrible you know kind of quality food because you don't know any different and i think that's a big thing and i I, by no means am i saying that it's the problem the fault of the people for not knowing i think it's the, the the way that we approach the world 
is that when we're given options, we assume these are the only options. And I think we need to know that there are more than what than just the options that are default. Um, and I think it starts with people trying to give people those options through better food in schools um, so that the relationship with food starts off as a healthier one instead of one where it is all food is the same no matter how you know cheap or expensive it is and uh you know and and that's how you approach the world uh i don't know if that was a good answer or not but you know yeah it's an absolute amazing answer and i think it really speaks to how important knowledge is as well and to have that as a skill base and to have that as a foundation and you know and at this point in my life I mean I'm still asking my sister just yesterday did cherries grow on trees and she was like yeah I mean that's totally I mean and 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 obviously with my food banks we're not providing fresh food for people so it is a bit of a hard one ultimately we are expecting people to donate food that they have that's in a container it is obviously a lot harder to talk about fresh food when we're talking about we're living in a world of COVID. So canned food is much easier and doesn't spoil and it doesn't. So that's probably a really good starting point. But I think um, if we were able to provide solutions for people and they were able to get fresh food um, at the food banks, they would definitely prefer it over others. And I know that the food banks do absolutely as much as they can to try and get as the best ingredients they can, but they are obviously at the whim of the people who are funding it and the government and the and also you know the donations they get so uh they do an amazing job and but i think yeah definitely our relationship as a whole with food could definitely be uh better and i think if we did kind of understand that there is a better way of doing things or at least food doesn't have to be the way it is now maybe there would be more demand on on providers uh or even supermarkets to to try not to um to cut so many corners Absolutely. And I think it's sort of what, you, what you've really spoken to throughout is making use of our resources. You know, so actually, you know, you're using a skill that you already have in your architecture and your artwork and your creativity and you're using space that is available and you're using people that are there and willing to provide donations. So actually, in some ways, it's not asking for much more. These resources are already here. Exactly. And I think... Every university, every university has some the same equipment that I have. Every um, you know, every large industry has so much access to so many resources. Then it's, it's they don't share. We don't share it. Um, I feel like I find it very um, sad that when I work in these universities, all this amazing amazing equipment that gets locked away and siloed. Um, there could be amazing opportunities to work with local people to come up with design solutions, um, to be able to you know make their own you know, urban gardens in disused, you know, blocks of land or or whatever. But um, it's about getting access to it. So that's what I'm trying to do is is try and take that, that access, work with people to come up with solutions that help them um, do the things they want to do uh, against, you know, the, the, the requirement of having the equipment that I own. Um, so, you know, trying to do that. But I also think, yeah, there's plenty of places where um, it just takes uh, it takes the right group of people to to find solutions. And if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing, where's the best place to do that? Of course. So um, the mini food banks uh, are, are out in the in the wild, per se, um, out in, uh, in Walthamstow. We have six at the moment, one that's due to go out. Um, and every one of them has a little sign on it for the E17 art trail that we've just had on um, that will lead you to all the other ones. 
Um, one of the main food banks is in the mall opposite Asda. Um, it's a green um, Elmans-inspired food bank, and you can see um, all the information there. It says it has a big uh, printed sign that says, I'm a, uh, a food bank on it. So I'm a mini food bank. Um, but if you are wanting to find some more information on the project, just say hi. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, and the account is minifoodbanks.e17. Uh, and then also the charities that we, we benefit, the main one being Plate for You Al Suffer, um, and their website is PL8, the number, for the number, of course. So PL8 for you, the letter, L A L Suffer, so which is S U F F A. So I'm going to say that again. It's PL8 for you, A L S U F F A dot co dot UK. And they have um, amazing. Uh, resources on there to donate and support the charity. We also help um, a group called Heat or Eat, uh, who are a food bank uh, that operate out of the Quaker Centre on, um, I believe it's Jewel Road or somewhere similar to that. Maybe it was, uh, I think it's Ruby Road, actually. Um, and they do a great job. We have a bank on Northcote Road, which is really good, and that prevent, provides food to them. And then with the next couple of boxes we're doing are going to benefit Roxana Khan Foundation, who operate out of the William Morris Community Centre. Um, and you can find all of those people on my Instagram and obviously um, on the internet. Oh, and I'll include the, um, your Instagram handle as well. Fantastic. It's been so wonderful having you on, Sean. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Raiders. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm banking on you to leave me a good review. See what I did there? In all seriousness... If you do have five minutes to review, rate, share, subscribe, it would be much appreciated and really help in getting all right Raiders noticed. So until next week, Raiders, take care. Bye.